It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Welcome back to part two of our podcast with Jeff Miller, the former England chairman of selectors. In this podcast, Jeff spoke about the challenges facing the current England selectors and the successes he had whilst on the panel. And do you think um, it's harder now to pick an England team with all the one day cricket and the hundred and everything else? Absolutely. It's not just that. Yes, there are different formats of the game which make it much more difficult. But uh, as I've said to many people, um, the the, the standard of county cricket, because there are no top England players because of contracts and there are no top overseas players playing it, uh, the, the standard or the gap between county cricket now, domestic county cricket and international cricket has widened. So the only way you now find out whether your international quality is by playing in the international team, the test team. And that is massively difficult because you are automatically playing against the best in the world. So it's a very, very difficult scenario. And, you know, it's not the player's fault as such because they are playing um, the standard of cricket, county cricket, that is uh, is, uh, shown to them. And from a selection point of view, the people that are the players that are doing best, scoring the most runs or looking looking the best players or taking the most wickets and looking the best bowlers are the ones that get selected. But that doesn't automatically mean they're international quality because they're not finding out in that domestic game um, how good you have to be to be an international player. They're not playing against them. You know, we were... I can go back, and this sounds like an old fella talking about the old game, but whoever you played against, county-wise, if it was Derbyshire against Somerset, for argument's sake, you played against Viv Richards and Joel Garner, and you played against Ian Botham and and Brian Rosen and and international players. You went to play against Knotts, you played against Richard Hadley and Clive Rice and, and Gary Sobers. 
So, and I can keep firing through all counties. You know, Surrey, you were Sylvester Clark, Jeff Howarth. You know, there was always top international players playing against you. So you find out how good you had to be to be an international player. Now, it's not like that. They only find out by being selected to play. And that becomes tough because it's much more difficult. So the gap is bigger. What we tried to do when I was involved in it is, is close that gap by creating the, the A-team or the Lions. Didn't automatically mean that it improved you technically, but it, you found out mentally by a, a bit more of a stride how good you had to be mentally to actually cope with the international scene. So it didn't automatically, as I say, didn't automatically mean uh, it showed you technically because you were probably playing against, I don't know, Sri Lanka B or, or Sri Lanka A or, or West Indies A. So the standard was very similar, but you were that one step nearer to the big stage. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Some interesting points there. Um, you also became an England selector. We mustn't forget that in 2000 oh. and, and you were chairman, I think, from nine, 2008. I think you would call yourself national selector. Well, um, I, don't, I, I didn't call myself any. No, it was, it was the, the changing title at uh, whatever you wanted to call it. Yeah, that, that was me, yeah. How much yeah. Did, you in, in, did you enjoy being an England selector? Honor. I did enjoy it, but it was an honour. It was a privilege to do it. And what the hard part for me, Stephen, at the time, because I'd got the reputation and, and the knowledge of all the players and, and roundabout, that there was the, this, I don't know, for want of a better phrase, a stand-up comic. And when you're dealing with people's international careers and livelihoods, there's no humour with that. It's, you know, it's, you've got to have put the serious head on and lots of serious conversations, lots of serious thoughts, decisions to make. So um, you had to have the time to do it because there's a lot of travelling involved. You had to have the knowledge of what was required to be an international cricketer, both, as I've said many times in this interview, in uh, technically and mentally and physically, and the communication skills, you know, to talk to people honestly. And what I insisted was that all difficult conversations and all pleasant conversations were done face-to-face. -face. So I would, if I had to have a hard conversation with somebody, I would drive to them and, and do it. Well, face players, face. Must, players must have liked that. Well, a stark difference from... Um, when you found out yourself how you got selected for yeah. England yeah. in 1976. That may be, may be one of the reasons why I took the decision I, I did, that, you know, if, I'm, if I've got to leave somebody out or not select somebody, I've got to give them a reason for it. And it's a hard conversation. They're not going to agree with it, are they? But as long as you, there was an honesty there and a straight talk and a reason why, they might not agree with the reason, but at least you can explain the reason why the decision has been made. And there's no better way because you, you can't hide your eyes and your and your character if you're doing it face to face and person to person. Well, I think England won the Ashes three times when you were mm. involved, and we also mm. became the number one side in the world. Mm. Uh, who? What would you consider your 
major selection successes as a selector? It's very difficult. This is a team game, Steve, and it's very difficult to itemise certain players because we had a top side. We had a really, really good side. All players were international quality. If I run through, you know, I don't need to run through the side. You've got Andrew Strauss. You know, you've got Alistair Cook. You've got Jonathan Trott. You've got Kevin Peterson. You can just keep going through it all the way through batting-wise. Um, Ian Bell, uh, number six, it could have been anybody. But, um, um, it, we had Ravi Bapara there. Matt Pryor, uh, keeper-wise, and then bowling-wise, we you've got the spinner. But the two vital aspects, I've, I've said many times, and they're all quality players in different aspects of the game. The two that I... I thought, gelled us together as a side best. One was Jonathan Trott, because what Trotty could do is whatever the situation, after one wicket down, whether it was naught for one or whether it was 120 for one, he gave you that solidarity. You know, he gave you that strength of, of a number three who backed time for you. And because you could, all the other players could back round it, play around that. So he, and it's a vital aspect of the game. Number three, batting wise, is a, all others are, are, are vital, obviously, but number three is a fulcrum. It's a vital aspect of it. And he did that job magnificently, right? So that, that, that secured to me our batting. You know, somebody else could have batted probably number three, but in that team, he was the three. The other bowler, the other player who gave us the chance to, to widen the side was Graham Swan. Now, what Swanee did, he could bowl overs and he, he, he earned respect of opposition. And that is a vital aspect. So what he could do, he could bowl overs on non-conducive spin wickets, bowl tight. And then he could also, on conducive turning wickets, bowl opposition out. So he could bowl a lot of overs for us, whichever way, which meant we only had to have three seamers. We could, you know, three seamers, because a fourth seamer would hardly bowl any overs. So, so we got three seamers, which that allowed us then to play an extra batter. So we could play an extra batter at six. You've got Matt Pryor at seven, who became a quality player as well. So all of a sudden, we had got massive strength in depth in the side and, which was the vital aspect, on the periphery as well. So players that came in, whether it was for lack of form, for the players in the side, whether it was injury or whether whatever it was, players that came in, it wasn't detrimental to the performance of the side. They became quality players. So we then had strength in depth, a quality squad. And that's why we became number one in the world without a shadow of a doubt. And we also had some very successful coaches with Duncan Fletcher and, yes, and Andy did. Flower as well. Yes, we did. Yeah. Well, what we, what we had at that time was a very, very good peripheral ring of such, you know, all right, it was Duncan and then it became Andy, but we'd also got a very, very strong selection process as well. 
because we've got Ashley. Ashley was a selector at the time, Ashley Giles and Jimmy Whitaker. And Ashley was at Warwickshire, so he was watching Division One players constantly and coming back with reports on those. Jimmy and myself were doing the miles, watching players all over the place, having conversations with them. And you'd got you'd got the captain who became Straussy, very level-headed, very good. Um, uh, and in the office there, you'd got Hugh Morris, who, you know, understood where we were going, told us what was happening office-wise. So we'd got a real, real good, as well as good a quality side on the field, we'd got a quality side off the field as well, which were doing their, their job peripherally. And so there was, I like to feel, and I'm sure, a mutual respect between the players to the off the field and there was a massive respect for the off the field to the players on the field because they were doing so both people both sides were doing their job it sounds like we had a good team and that's that's shown in the results as well what yes, do you think is. to what do you think to the new system where one person is actually in chris silverwood picking the team i don't know i can't see how it can work all right well i'm presuming he's got scouts all around the country uh, which are uh, throwing uh, advice to him, whatever. But I think there's always opinions required. You know, if we had a, if we had a team meeting, and oh, sorry, a selection meeting, I beg your pardon, a selection meeting, and there was four of us in there, and I let, I let other people come in as well. Captain Cook, he didn't, he didn't get a vote, but you know, we, we'd have conversation. We, we, we knew who the, who the four selectors were, and if a selection was 3-1 for a, for a certain player, if there's somebody was needed to come in, it wasn't an automatic, you're outvoted. It was, why are you one against the three? What, what's that person got? So he was then allowed, it could have been me, it could have been Jimmy, it could have been Ashley, uh, it could have been Andy, it could have been anybody. If their one has got strong relevance to the conversation or to the selection we revisited it and then if it if, if it felt it was a strong enough reason for him to uh, have a, have his his opinion then we'd have another look at it but uh, so it was it was a constant there was no just you're outvoted you're outvoted so there became an animosity there was none of that at all it was real real good spirit and done properly and in the end, done very well. Yeah, it must make it harder. And I had Roland Butcher on the podcast um, mm. a few months mm. ago. Roland, how is he? Butcher? I haven't seen him for a while. Is he all right? He's very well, him. thank you. Yeah, good. I've had oh, podcasts um, um, to his house in uh, Barbados. Uh, all right, nice. One. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's been very good on the podcast, and he's been good. reviewing some of the test series with me. And he he felt that it was hard for one person to be making all the decisions if someone did did badly and, and they had to sort of explain um, and you could fall out with someone that's what his thoughts were and I, I, I tend to agree but I, I'm not sure why you know I don't know who's made that decision whether Ashley's made the decision I, I have no idea who's made the decision obviously I'm not involved anymore but I would I would agree with Butch what he's just said there I would find that increasingly difficult to come up with a, a round solid decision well thank you very much for those thoughts on on selection 
Mm. Uh, and you retired from that role in at the end of 2013. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and now on Instagram at The Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.